And good morning once again, baseball fans, and welcome back to the Kanika Daily Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Kenny, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, my beautiful wife, Nika. Morning to all the baseball fans out there. Good morning once again, and we've got a great show for everyone here today. Uh, We're going to be talking about two of baseball's most disappointing teams thus far, and we're going to tell you why they've been so disappointing. I'm talking, of course, about the Padres and the Mets. Both had their managers kind of, uh, well, I don't think Buck went totally ham yesterday with the Mets, but Bob Bob apparently got mad. That That's what I heard about San Diego. They laid the smack down. We're getting into it a little bit later. Uh, a short day of games yesterday, but nevertheless, we still need to uh, update our listeners on all of the action from yesterday's games. And so without further ado, uh, we need to welcome in our legendary baseball voice, Max Sugarcane, for a uh, short edition of the Retro Rundown. Take it away, Max. Yes, take it away. Okay, and good morning once again, baseball fans of all ages, and happy Friday. This is legendary baseball voice Max Sugarcane here with a short and sweet getaway day edition of the Retro Rundown. This one for May 12th, 2023. All started well for the Padres in their rubber match with the Twins in Minnesota when Fernando Tatis Jr. hit the first pitch of the game over the left field fence. But it was mostly downhill from there for San Diego. The Twins came from behind and broke open a 3-3 tie with a timely two-run double down the line from Carlos Correa, and it stayed that way until the end. Twins win 5-3. The Royals won their rubber match against the White Sox 4-3. With the game tied in the bottom of the ninth, it was backup catcher Freddie Furman executing a beautiful safety squeeze bunt for a Kansas City walk-off winner. The Reds jumped all over Mets rookie Kodai Senga for four in the first inning and went on to skunk New York five to zip, taking two out of three for the series win. It was shortstop Kevin Newman who had a big two-RBI single in the first. The Rays took it to the Yankees in their first of four from the Bronx. Drew Rasmussen was lights out for Tampa Bay, pitching seven scoreless while striking out seven. It was the young sophomore Josh Lowe with a big night for the Rays, hitting a homer, a double, and driving in five runs. The Giants beat the Diamondbacks in the desert 6-2. Alex Cobb went over seven innings without giving up a run, but the big story for the Giants is young call-up Casey Schmidt, who went 4-4 with a home run and three RBIs for San Francisco, tying Hall of Famer Willie McCovey for the franchise record with eight total hits in his first three games. Keep it up, Casey. And the Rangers skunked the A's in Oakland behind a near-complete game from the Wizard, Nathan Eovaldi, who has now gone a career-best 28 and two-thirds consecutive scoreless innings after adding another eight and two-thirds last night. He also struck out 12 for the AL West leading Rangers. Marcus Semien added a homer for Texas, his seventh of the season. Okay, I told you this one was short. That's all the tales from inside the chalk lines for today, but don't worry, we'll be right back here again tomorrow with another edition of the Retro Rundown. Until then, this is Max Sugarcane signing off for the Kanika Daily Baseball Podcast. And now, back to Kenny and Nika in the studio. Thank you, Max. Great job. Not a lot of teams to uh, go over, but great job. Yeah, thanks, Max. We really appreciate you. Uh, I know there wasn't a lot of games last night, but nevertheless, it's important to get our listeners updated. 
Oh, absolutely. Everybody watches baseball. Not everybody wants to check the scores in the morning because they might be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, at least when Max delivers the news, it's it's done with some pizzazz. Pizzazz and flair. Which is, which is kind of the opposite of the two teams we're going to be talking about here today. Uh, at least so far this year. We got Mets and Padres on deck, and the reason why we kind of wanted to talk about these two teams today is because uh, in in our beautiful baseball eyes, these are the teams that are performing the worst so far this year based on maybe expectations, talent on the roster. And believe me, you listeners, it pains me to say it about the Padres because, you know, they're, they're kind of our team right now. And we had really high hopes going into the season for the team, and, and they're just not getting it done right now. And and apparently we're not the only ones that think so because the manager, Bob Melvin, went a little bit ham yesterday on the team, apparently. Um, there was some some calls from the locker room that Bob got mad. I don't really know what that means. Well, it's kind of unusual for Bob to get really heated like that. He's very calm and even-headed person. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where uh, it's, it's sort of changed. I think a lot of managers back in the day used to be a lot more red ass as I call them where they would yell a lot more at the players and at the umpires and that they used to and now they kind of choose their moments more wisely more carefully and and Bob Melvin especially seems like that kind of a person where he didn't go off on the team yesterday for no reason you know it, one of the biggest reasons is they're not playing great right now and they got a big series this weekend coming up they're visiting LA the Padres and Dodgers were both behind the Diamondbacks early on in the season. And the Dodgers are the team that has now gone and become eight games over 500, and the Padres are sitting here at 500. It's disappointing. Well, they're just better than an average team. You're only as good as you are. I I stand by that. But what I'm saying is that the baseball that these guys are playing is not at the level of their career numbers. And that's true of the Mets, too. But uh, we'll get into them in a second. Uh, I guess we kind of started with the Padres here, so we'll stick with that. Yeah, sure. Why are the Padres doing so bad? What have, we, what have you been able to uncover over there? Uh, my biggest problem with the Pods at the moment is the fact that whenever they have runners in scoring position, they fail to bring them home. 13 out of 19 losses have come by by three runs or less. That's disappointing. You know? Yeah, let's talk about that really really quick for a second because I have some of those things in my notes as well. Like Just to back up what you were saying, they are batting 203 as a team with runners in scoring position. So they are only getting a hit basically uh, one out of every five times. But that's that's like one of the worst in the league. <laughs> yeah. Um, they are 26th on average. Yeah, their their batting average as a team, just regardless whether there's runners in scoring position or not, is two thirty. And that ranks twenty sixth in yeah. the entire league out of thirty teams. That's not what you would expect to see, especially when you look at like the first well, five or six or seven hitters in this lineup. <laughs> name wise, name recognition. You wouldn't expect that team to be that low. No, not at all. So it's really hard to put a lot of this on the pitching right now when your offense is uh, – y- y- they should be a top-10 offense, and they're not. You just don't see it. I, I was shocked when I when I wrote this down this morning. The Padres are tied for last right now in the National League in runs scored. The Cardinals have scored more runs than them. 
We already know how Cardinals are doing. They're shite, mate. Yeah, you're not wrong. On paper, this should not be happening. They should no. be a lot more hitters getting on base and getting home. Well, I don't mean to single them out, but there's two guys that this is the biggest reason for right now. Um, it's Juan Soto and Manny Machado. You know, they are the big dogs in the lineup that have been there since the beginning of the season struggling. I can't put a lot of this on Tatis. He just got back, and and he's been actually relatively good. He had a little streak of like an 0 for 9 streak recently, but um, he ended that by starting the game with a homer yesterday, and then he had a pretty good game yesterday, 2 for 3. Um, you know, he I, I saw him. He, he let off like the 7th or the 8th inning like with a walk. No outs. Tatis on first. You got Soto, Machado, Bogarts coming up. Nada. We don't get nothing. Um, I'm, I I don't want to blame the X-Men as much, you know, Xander Bogarts. He's been on a little bit of a slump lately. He did start the season really hot. I think it's hard to put a lot of this on him. He had like a 30-game on-base streak that snapped recently. So he was on base like 30 games in a row. It's the most ever by a, a Padre or something in, in franchise history. Like, So I'm not putting a lot of this on him. No, it's but everybody else. It's, it's Manny, Soto, you know, even... Oh, Nelson Cruz, he's had a few big at-bats. I'm concerned about him and Carpenter holding up over a long season at their age. You know, they're, they're not young men. Wow. Hey, it's just the truth. You're kind of like... I get it. Extending it's a young... guys' careers with this DH rule now, but at the same time, it's a long season. I'm younger than Nelson Cruz, <laughs> so... And I'm in pretty good health right now, and I I feel it in the morning, you know, every day. Well, you feel it in the morning. <laughs> well, just different. Body I'm not stuff. 20, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's fair. You know, many is showing signs of the old many that we would like to see more often. Everyone's showing signs. I wanted to find this quote from Fernando Tatis Jr. yesterday because he really summed up a lot about my thoughts about this whole situation, um, which is basically just that, like. A lot of guys have been talking and talking and talking like, oh, we're going to get out of it. We're going to get out of it. Like, we know we're going to hit. We know we're going to hit. And basically what he says is it's time to stop. And it's time to do, you know, like it's time to stop talking about getting out of it. And it's time to get out of it. I think that is honestly like a really mature answer for him. You know, again, he's not really the cause of like why this team isn't getting it done right now. I, I think he's like tied Manny or he's like only behind him by one and like homers and he missed the whole first three weeks of the season. So again, you know, like he's not the one that hasn't been kind of looking like themselves. His, his batting average is over 280. It's about in line with his career numbers. You know, again, he doesn't have as many at bats on the season, but he just looks like he's attacking the ball. He looks like a dangerous man with the bat, you know, whereas like I don't feel that way about you know, uh, Manny right now. And I, I want to feel that way about Manny. Oh, absolutely. He, we know what he's capable of doing. I, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, is it like they have to find their own self again? It's a new season. They have to find their own place in this whole situation. I, I, I don't know what takes for a good hitter to start hitting again. I know we say they get hot, they get cold, but what does that actually mean? Well, I think it, it I guess for me, it means like what, what Fernando said yesterday about doing now, it becomes like, how do you put that into action? Actually, yeah. how do you take words about, and platitudes like, well, we got to just do it 
you know, we got to get it done. Now, now, how do you actually go out and do that? Well, the first thing they need to do, in my view, is cut down on their strikeouts. The Padres have the sixth most strikeouts as a team in the league right now. And I get it when you have a lot of, like, sluggers on your team, you know, they're, like, going to swing and miss sometimes. Um, nevertheless, a lot of teams that I see winning, Orioles, yeah. Tampa Bay. At Tampa Bay, we watched that Yankee game last night. I mean, they just hit the ball all over the field they hit the ball where it's pitched and the Padres in my view are not doing that this year as a team they are not looking inside out they are not saying like okay if the ball's on the inner half of the plate I'm going to pull the ball if the ball's on the outer half of the plate I'm going to hit it to the opposite field you need to have that mentality to survive and the big league level you have to like we heard Billy Williams a couple of years ago on Sunday Night Baseball during a Cubs game, I, I, I don't remember who they were playing off the top of my head, but I remember we were so mad at Javi Baez the inning before because he had chased these outside sliders, you know, like just trying to pull them over the left field Wrigley fence. And it's like, Javi, you're not going to hit that pitch that way. Like, And, and it, to me, it was just this mentality. Like he's just up there looking to pull everything instead of I'm going to hit the ball where it's pitched. So... I feel like for the Padres to be successful as a team, they need to start just getting back to basic fundamental. I need to hit the ball where it's pitched. That's it. You're a good hitter. You know, if you start hitting the ball where it's pitched, you're going to start finding the cracks. I fully believe that. But I haven't seen that approach consistently this season. I see a lot of people hitting low and outside sliders, weak ground balls to the pole side because they're not going with the pitch and slapping it to the opposite field. So they have to make an adjustment. As a team. As a this, team. This, and, and again, where is the hitting coach? There's no hitting coach on this roster that we can see. You know, So whoever is fulfilling or doing that job on this team, in my view, is not doing it good enough right now. And when you have egos on this team like you have with Soto and Tatis and Machado and Bogarts, like – premium players that are all making like well over 250 million dollars <laughs> yeah or or soto's not yet but soto's a we we discussed he's making 23 million this year as as on an arbitration deal so he's not like not getting paid yet he doesn't have anything to be going home crying about like oh i'm still making the league minimum even though i'm this protege no that 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 tale is over yeah you know like so you are getting paid tatis is getting paid Machado's getting paid Bogarts is getting everyone's getting paid go out there and perform you know um that's all there is to it yeah adjustment mid-may adjustment that's a good way of looking at it I mean mayday mayday like <clears throat> you're four games behind the Dodgers now they, they've gone eight games over 500 and you're still at 500 and now you got to face him this weekend it's just aggravating because the first milestone you want in your season is to be 10 games over 500 I feel like you you get to be 10 games over 500 you start to establish a little bit of space between you and your competitors it's just a natural order because not every team can keep up if you're if you're that high obviously you've beaten other teams yeah so it's just frustrating even a team like the Cubs the Cubs are 18 and 19. The Padres are 19 and 19. But the Cubs have scored a lot more runs than the Padres. The Cubs have scored, uh, wow, 26 more runs than the Padres and played 
one less game. So they've not even played as many games, and they've scored 26 more runs as a team. And the Cubs have a lot less money on the field than the Padres. Well, the Cubs have some money on the field with Dansby Swanson and Cody Bellinger. Don't make any mistakes about that. No, they paid for these players for sure. Um, I'm just using them as an example because they, they are not the Padres in terms of that payroll. You're right. So I, I think the Padres pitching staff has been getting a lot of beat up lately because, you know, Hayter blew the save on Sunday night against the Dodgers. And then he came in yesterday in the 10th and blew another save with the runner on second, which it's just a harder situ- save situation, obviously. But nevertheless, it's still a blown save. I, I get it that the pitching staff is getting a little bit of the brunt right now because it, it looks scary. But, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, when when you have the least amount of runs in the National League, it, I cannot put that on the pitching right now. I cannot. You know, they have also given up not the least amount of runs in their division. When you look at the Dodgers, Arizona, San Francisco, Colorado, the Padres have given up the least amount of runs. You cannot be putting this on the pitching staff. No. You look really good. Yes, he has a shaky first inning a lot of times. But he pitched great. He pitched six innings last time. Yeah, he he did get taken out yesterday with a little bit of an injury scare, but he's apparently fine. So yeah. no worries uh, with you, Darvish. He's not expected to miss his next start. Even like stressful Blake Schnell, like oh god, we got to watch him later tonight. By the way, he is not the reason for this either. No, it's just not. So do I expect this team to hit before October rolls around? I I do, uh, but. At the same time, it's it's like I'm I'm feeling like Fernando yesterday. That's why I think that quote connected with me. Like it's time to actually do it, guys. Whatever you need to do, spend more time in the film room, spend more time in the batting cage. Whatever it takes at this point, you gotta put in the work. It's just not gonna happen naturally because your name is Juan Soto or your name is Manny Machado or whatever. It takes work to be great at this league, and it takes consistent work. Oh yeah. Action speaks louder than words. All right. Well, I think we've pretty much covered a lot of the notes on the Padres. Do you have anything else on the Padres? They are number one in fielding. They are, which is an oddity. You would think that a team that is, like, underperforming this much would have also compounded some mental mistakes. I think that does speak well to their coaching, you know? I think he has been patient with them. And and I I feel like Bob Melvin is a lot like Phil Jackson. Okay. (laughs) Without the championship rings, I guess, at this point in his career. But he kind of strikes me as this, like, mild-mannered coach who wants to have personal relationships with his players. But I have to say, you know, like, I'm glad to see him get a little angry yesterday. I, I think it's warranted at this point. I think he speaks for all of us that are fans of this team. We're frustrated. Well, hopefully it puts a lot more pressure on the players, seeing your manager getting a little frustrated with your performance, and they have something to think about it. You know, you don't see your manager getting hot after every single game. No. Again, big series with the Dodgers starting tonight. Um, I think the timing is not a coincidence. I think you don't want to get swept this weekend. I mean, you do not want to fall seven games behind the Dodgers going into June. You know, no. you just don't. And so um, it's a big series this weekend. I, you don't want to put a premium too early in on the season on this. But at the same time, you play your divisional opponents less this year. We've been talking about that. So these games are, are worth more. Yeah. And you brought all these piñatas. Well, if you want to break them open, you got to win. Yeah. So Mets. On to the Mets. Very similar situation. 
it, it, it's similar and yet it's different. so different. Yeah. It's so different. Um, a few things about the Mets I wanted to kind of point out before we get into this whole breakdown, um, just to let you know where they're at. Uh, they have now lost five straight series. Wow. The whole series. Yeah. So like they've, they've played five series and they've not won the most games. <laughs> um, I wanted to kind of mention the Mad Max thing. He has this, he's, he, he called it pitching through pain situation. It, it, it's some injury that he had uh, a few years ago with Washington, um, but that he was pitching through the pain, and then all of a sudden he got scratched from his start because of this neck pain that he woke up with, which, you know, I, I actually woke up with neck pain the other day, and it was really awful, and I was, like, thinking to myself, wow, if, if I was Max Scherzer and I woke up like this, I wouldn't want to pitch today either. So um, I, I could definitely understand that but it was not necessarily the best thing for the Mets um the Mets are currently 18 and 20 and that is good enough for fourth place in the NL East they are at Washington this weekend so they are visiting the nation's capital for four games which might sound like a a way for them to get healthy a little bit but the the problem is is Washington is kind of playing decent lately they had a, a pretty good road trip and now they're coming home to their fans. They got their new celebration for their home run, the Colonial Powder Wig, as it's being called. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically a uh, 1776 politician wig, Revolutionary War wig. <laughs> yeah. It is fun, and it's right on target for uh, their team, I feel like. And, and you definitely have seen some of the younger guys having fun with it. The, the Washington is within literally a game and a half of the Mets. The Mets, if they're not careful this weekend, could find themselves in the cellar. Of the NL East. Mets are also... A team with the most money on the field, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. And they do have a lot of injuries in their pitching, too. Yeah. That plays probably into uh, their situation. The owner is blaming their situation on uh, pitching, that they need more length out of their starters. I, I, I get that there's a lot of emphasis on pitching. I, I have to say, though, yesterday was their seventh shutout of the season. And that's through, what, six weeks we're in? Yeah. We're getting close to the end of the sixth week here. So, yikes. Seven shutouts. They had eight all of last year. That's a clear indication to me that you're just not getting it done. We talked about the Padres being last in the NL and runs scored. Well, guess what? The Mets have one more run than them. They're, They're right there. So, they are also not scoring a lot of runs. They've also given up a lot more runs than the Padres. So... I mean, a lot more, 14. They're basically just not at the same trajectory as San Diego. Something I wanted to point out is the Mets have, like the Padres, committed the second fewest amount of errors as a team, where the Padres have committed the least. And and I thought that was, like, really weird. So these veteran players on these teams are really struggling right now, and at least they're not underperforming on the field. They're not taking their at-bats out into the field with them, it looks like. Because that's when you start to get mental mistakes, in my opinion. Um, nevertheless, I wanted to point out a few of their players. Um, I wanted to talk about Francisco Lindor. He is hitting 50 points below his career average this year. Jeff McNeil is also down about 50 points on his career batting average, but also his slugging percentage is down 75 points, so his power is down. I wanted to point out that they have the NL home run leader in Pete Alonso, and they still are struggling to score runs, you know? like So what does that tell you? It's a little bit of a weird story here. It's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly why the Mets are struggling. <laughs> well, Pete Alonso leads in home runs. He's got 13 home runs. 
Yes. So you can't like you can't put necessarily him blame him, you know, for bad hitting, but nevertheless, it's a team game. Yeah. So my my conclusion here, though, for the Mets is like their their offense really needs to pick it up. I I came to the same conclusion for the Mets and the Padres is mm-hmm. that it's their big name offensive players are just underperforming and they're not pulling their weight. I guess is the the big word. And I think they need to get some more power. I don't know what the exact answer is here, but... I don't think there is an answer for that, honestly. How you get more power, like you said, practice, go to batting cages, watch some videos. You still got to go out there and hit the ball. Whether you get on base, you still got to make those plays. Home runs are not going to win you games all the time. No, they're not. I think too many players are trying to hit home runs. Yeah. Just across baseball. You know, I watched the Rays last night. They had a big three-run homer, but they get it from unexpected sources every night. You know, it's like a different guy all the time. It's never like just Pete Alonso on the Mets hitting home runs. It's a little bit more evenly distributed. Like last night, it was Josh Lowe who had a huge game. Um, other games, it's been Franco. Other times, it's been Randy or Rosarina. It feels like the whole team comes together and plays. Where Mets and Padres is like the pitching is good, but the hitting is not. Next game, the hitting is good, the pitching is not. You know what I mean? It just comes in phases where with the Rays or even Atlanta Braves, feels like the whole team is putting it out there and making the plays. Well, no doubt. At the end of the day, you can really clearly see who's doing well in this league just by looking at the runs scored and the runs against column of the standings. Yeah, the Yankees are in last place, but guess what? They've outscored their opponents by 15 runs and they're three games over 500 whereas like the Padres and Mets are are 500 or below and they are not in the green they, they are in the negatives when it comes to like their runs scored and their runs allowed it just shows me all the story right there and when I look at the runs allowed they're not bad both teams are in the middle of the pack so it's hard for me to put that on their pitching so my conclusion what I'm left with is that it's the offense. And I, I haven't watched as many Mets games as I have Padres games, obviously, to comment maybe on the specific at-bats. But if I had to guess, I'm talking to any New York fans out there, I would guess that the hitters are not taking what's given to them right now. And that they're going up there looking for certain pitches and they're not getting them. And, you know, they're not adjusting. They're not going with the pitch that's being thrown to them. I feel like a lot of these players play the game with the shift in mind, like how it was last year. When the shift was, they had to hit very hard and powerful to get over the shift, so they get a home run. Now the shift is gone, they haven't made that Mm. adjustment. That's an interesting observation. You know, you bring up a good point, and that's something that is even more pronounced about this situation, is that theoretically, eliminating the shift, all of these players should be hitting higher than their career batting averages right now. And the fact is they're hitting lower. Mm Mm-hmm. But there should be more seeing eye singles. There should be more um, holes out there, basically, to trickle the ball through. And the fact that they're not getting that right now, the fact that it's the opposite, is it's concerning. Mm-hmm. Because it's, you know, all the rule changes with baseball with regards to the bases being bigger and the pitching clock and things of that nature, I feel like they all benefit the hitter more. Right. And and then they take the shift away. So, like, all these things are, are made to make hitting an offense more pronounced in the game and yet here you are just like so many one two three innings it's so disheartening to see Tatis Machado and Soto go down one two three 
and it's happened so many times already. Yeah. Not blaming any of those individuals. You're allowed to get an out, you know, but you got to be a team game. And if you all three go up there and just swing for the fences and miss, what does that do to your team? You got to take that into account. You got to, you can't swing for the fences every time. You got to pick your moments, Mm -hmm. you know, and you got to also be ready when you get that home run pitch. I've seen so many like down the plate middle of the well basketball pitcher clearly missed his spot and you were not ready to hit it yeah (laughs) and you think you're gonna get it again you're not and then you spend the rest of the at-bat chasing it you're looking for that pitch again and you're never gonna see it again so you gotta a be ready to hit b if you miss that pitch you gotta adjust and like take what's given to you we'll see what happens this weekend to both of these offenses after their their coaches again I, i don't think bucky in New York, I, don't, I watched his interview. He didn't really get angry. Um, he sounded more like a disappointed father <laughs> when when they're talking to their friend maybe at dinner about like the mistake their kid made at school or something. You know about like oh they're gonna be fine. It's just you know right now they're going through this thing and you know how that goes and. It's an old excuse. Those one players time. are appreciative of that because sure. he's covering for them a little bit. He didn't specifically go out there and be like, well, Francisco needs to hit the ball more, you know. Um, that means he's a good coach. He doesn't want to throw his players under the bus because right. it is a team sport. You don't want to isolate one and blame everything on one player where everybody else doesn't do their job either. You do not. So we'll see what happens. Exciting stuff. And we got Mets visiting Nationals. Looks like something that they should get healthy with. And we got Padres at Dodgers. That's that's a tough series for the Padres. That's not a get healthy. <laughs> no, but they they kind of need to use it as an excuse to start playing better immediately. They're going to the Lions' den right now. Uh, they need to make a statement sooner or later this season that they're here. And they need to show their fans, too, that they've arrived. And that this is what this team is, not not what they've seen for the first six weeks. You know, I think there's a concern setting in that this is going to be the trajectory of this particular team that was like, you know, those four guys were globetrotted out there in February at like the fan convention or January, whenever it was. Padres fan convention, 50,000 people out there in January. Huge, you know, getting making waves all over social media with it. This was not a secret. There was a target on their back from day one. Like every team was going to be gunning for this team. And the fact is, I don't think they've risen up to that challenge you know whereas like Jordan knew every team was coming for him every night and he rose up above it and and beat them you know and you got to have that eye of the tiger like I'm a dangerous man with a bat attitude otherwise the other team's gonna win all right (laughs) well before we get out of here on this Friday I just wanted to go over a quick story with everybody uh, a fun story I think it's a fun story um but if you've been paying attention to any of the athletics baseball this year, you'll know that they are uh, not doing well with attendance, and that basically they're uh, they're they're going to leave Oakland. They got one foot out the door, and yeah. I feel like as the season goes on, it's just going to get worse and worse for the A's. Um, they are currently sitting in last place, although they have some moments to hang their hat on for their fan base, I guess. Uh, but the 8 and 31 on the season. I don't expect the attendance to just magically improve in Oakland. But anyways, the current plan, I believe, is to move the team to Las Vegas. And uh, as proof of that, they basically have bought into a purchase agreement for land in Las Vegas that's actually on the Strip. 
and it's going to be a part of the Tropicana Hotel. <laughs> um, and they are going to demolish the current Tropicana that's there and build a new 35,000-seat stadium. Um, and one of the reasons they're doing this is because it's going to reduce public funding for the project. So that's AKA tax dollars <laughs> for the citizens of Las Vegas. The stadium is going to have a retractable roof and take up nine acres of the 34 acres that the Tropicana currently occupies. So I just wanted to talk about like how cool it is that there's going to be major league baseball in the Las Vegas strip in the near future. I just think that that's kind of a fun thing that's happening i've come to the conclusion that the bay area obviously doesn't need two baseball teams they don't no. need the giants and the a's i i think this is a fun move for baseball i'm glad because of how hot it can get in vegas that they're planning ahead with the uh, retractable roof because they're going to need it it's a great move it's a tourist attraction there will always be somebody trying to catch a baseball game and you can probably stay in a hotel and watch a game from your suite yeah, absolutely kind of like all of the toronto sky dome back in the day i i remember when the i think it was the white Sox when they used to play toronto because i'm from chicago and i would see those games on the local cable broadcast but it was always funny when they played in the sky dome because uh they would always make a note about that they you could stay there you could like rent a hotel room there and like watch baseball from your suite if you wanted to i thought that was like the coolest thing as a kid but yeah i i definitely see like suites here where you can watch the game and sort of make it like if i'm if i'm the owner at least i'm looking at the cubs as the model i want to turn my stadium into a tourist attraction i want it to be like one of those things where if you come to vegas you got to see it even if you're not like the biggest baseball fan, you still got to come to the game because there might be something else that you like or this amazing thing that you've never seen before that you got to see in person, that kind of thing. So we'll see what they can come up with and concoct. Uh, I'd be curious if they keep the athletics name. I mean, it's such an old baseball name going back to Philadelphia. I think they will. It's a trademark. The Las Vegas A's. I think A's has like uh, aces kind of connotation to it in Vegas. So maybe they can play with that a little bit, but yeah, I think they're going to keep the athletics name. Las Vegas Athletics has a nice ring to it. Yeah, I, I agree. So there was a quote from the commissioner, and he says that the league supports the A's turning their focus on Las Vegas and look forward to them bringing finality to the process by the end of the year. Um, I have a hard time believing, like, 40 years ago, Major League Baseball would have been open to a team in Las Vegas considering how gambling was viewed at the time. Um, 40 years ago was before the Pete Rose scandal even happened. We've come a long way. I wouldn't be surprised if you're allowed to bet on games inside of the stadium. I, I really wouldn't. I guess we have to plan a trip to Vegas to find out. Yeah, that's another fun thing. You know, like I, I, I feel like uh, it's four hours away from Los Angeles. So baseball, you need to realign your divisions. You need to figure this out because these it's not working. I, I, I have a hard time with the... Houston and Texas being in the same division as Seattle and Los Angeles over here, you know, and Oakland. So that's a different topic. That's a different topic for a different day. Um, all right. That's all the time we got here for this Friday episode of the Kanika Daily Baseball Podcast. But we want to thank you for joining us and for supporting us. And if you want to contact us, you can email us at kanikadaily at gmail.com. You can tell us how good we're doing. You can tell us how bad we're doing. You can drop us a note or a suggestion or 
maybe you want us to read a note on air that you give us. We'll do it. We really appreciate your support. And uh, hey, have a great baseball day, everybody. And enjoy these weekend games getting started. Yes, enjoy the games. It's going to be gorgeous outside here, at least. Yeah, it's it's going to be really nice in Southern California. Finally. I know it sounds really pretentious to probably say, but it's been a rough winter in Southern California. Well, we're about to hit 80s and 90s this week, and I'm, I'm so excited. So get out there and enjoy the games, some baseball of your own, perhaps. Let's make it a great baseball weekend, everybody. This is Kenny signing off. And Nika, have a great day. Adios. Bye.